Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Metadata. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 206 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile from Dallas. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to Text Expander for sponsoring our show. Communicate smarter with Text Expander. Gather, perfect, and share your knowledge. Recall your best words instantly and repeatedly. Learn more at textexpander.com forward slash podcast. And we'd also like to thank ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted, pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit servednow.com to learn more. In our last episode, we did our popular annual technology resolution show. If you're still looking for New Year's resolutions or strategies for keeping the resolutions you have made, give that podcast a listen. In this episode, we decided to focus on one of the biggest technology trends, in our humble opinion, for 2018, collaboration. Tom, what's all on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we will indeed be discussing collaboration tools and technologies, and uh, maybe not so coincidentally, the upcoming release of the second edition of our book on that very topic. In our second segment, we're going to try out uh, a new theme that we're going to be calling Good Idea, Bad Idea, or New Idea. See where that goes. We encourage you also to keep sending us your questions for a future second segment. We'll give you that number later in the show. And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can start to use the second that this podcast is over. Uh, But first up, collaboration tools and technologies over, I think, the past year, longer than we probably wanted it to be. Dennis and I have been working on the second edition of our book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, uh, which first came out, the first edition came out way back 10 years ago, 2008. And uh, we're pretty close uh, to getting it published. Uh, Dennis, uh, is there any better feeling than knowing that all we've got left to do is basically review the page proofs? Yeah, I kind of like getting the royalty checks. That's a favorite point of book authoring for me. And, you know, actually getting the package with the the book and holding it, opening it up and holding it in your hand the first time is is a pretty darn good feeling, uh, too. But uh, hitting the page proof stage uh, does give you the feeling of, let me call it, almost done. I thought it was a great time time to, to not just because the book's coming out, but it was, it was really nice to see several technology pundits pointing to collaboration as perhaps the key trend for 2018. And it makes the book, as it felt timely when we wrote it, it the first time, but I think that uh, your idea to write the second edition now is is right on. And so it's good to have that affirmation. I guess one of the things I thought we should talk about is how much has changed since we did the first edition of the book and, and compared to how things are as we write the second edition now. Well, I think that in terms of the tools that we use to collaborate, a lot has changed. I would argue, I would guess that when we went through the book, probably 80% of the tools that we mentioned in the first edition no longer exist. I mean, at all. They just, they're just not there anymore at all. Um, and they've been either replaced by other tools or it's just not an area that's really a collaboration 
tool or, or collaboration area in the first place. So kind of the very nature of the kinds of tools that people use to collaborate has really, really, I think, changed a lot. Um, what really hasn't changed, though, is the strategies for collaborating, the things you need to do to think about how you're going to work with your coworkers, how you're going to work with clients, how you're going to work across the aisle with, uh, with opponents, uh, with the courts, with things like that. The types of things you need to think about before you adopt and use collaboration tools, I think has pretty much stayed the same. And, and I found that when we went, when we were updating that part of the book, that there's not a lot of changes that I had in that area. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I guess what surprised me in Despite what you had originally told me of how easy it would be to do the second edition, because we wouldn't have to do that much in the way of change. <laughs> I, I think there's a ton of new material we put into there. I think you're right. What what impressed me, if I can be allowed to be impressed with what we did the first time, is sort of the strategies, the checklists, the overall approaches, the checklist. Those seem so solid right now. So I, I think you know, that part is really great. And and I think there's a consistency there that you still see. So um, I think you look at things in in some of the same ways. I might throw in the sort of what are you hiring a, a collaboration tool to do or jobs to be done theory. But that's sort of a, a just a little bit of a reframing of the approach that we took. But I think you're right. It was surprising to me just do updating uh, URLs, uh, even to articles that we cited to, but definitely to the smaller tools. It's, it's surprising how many things aren't out there. And I don't think it's because collaboration is less important. I think it's because collaboration has become more ubiquitous. And so collaboration is everywhere. So you see collaboration, some of what used to be the standalone tools are now baked into Microsoft Office and some of the other standard legal applications. And is that your sense as well, Tom? Well, you know, I was going to say, and I had written in my notes for this, that I think in some ways it's really hard to talk about collaboration as a thing unto itself because it is baked into tools. Um, and to a certain extent, I've been seeing this in other areas. I think that there's an argument to be made that many of the tools that come out these days are incorporating collaboration by design. It's part of the tools that we use, that they're thinking about how are other people going to use these tools with everybody. I think that has a lot to do with the nature of the sharing environment, the fact that social media, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but the fact that everything these days is about sharing. And when you have that concept of sharing, then you're automatically talking about collaboration and trying to uh, incorporate collaboration elements into whatever tool you're developing. And I think the Two things I, I thought uh, were significant changes when we did this edition is that in the first edition, we probably talked about Web 2.0 notion, which which I don't think is a meaningful term anymore. But In fact, I took it out of the book because I just don't think it's useful. But what is different is the cloud. Um, so that cloud notion, hosted services, you know, internet services, uh, that has evolved in a way. So it's much more ubiquitous as is, is collaboration itself, but it's something that lawyers seem to use and that's where all the tools are best. And then I would say, to me, the biggest change over 10 years is mobile app and how much we rely on mobile phones. I mean, looking at the first edition time, we talked a lot about Blackberries and things like that, but the smartphone notion, mobile apps, and then, as you said, how collaboration elements or, or collaboration tools are 
baked into a lot of mobile apps. Uh, that seemed to be one of the most significant changes. And probably apps may be the most common way that lawyers are accessing the cloud, whether they know it or not. No, I agree. Although I, I really think it's kind of neck and neck. I agree to the extent that literally at the time that our book was coming out, the iPhone was being released. And so apps really hadn't even made the <laughs> the scene at that point in time. So I think that that's the thing that didn't really even exist at the time of the last book. But I still really think the cloud has made such a big impact. You know, I, I went back and looked at the first edition of the book and the amount of time that we spent talking about Dropbox and Box, I think could be reduced to maybe a paragraph. I mean, we didn't talk about cloud tools that often. Most of the collaboration tools that we mentioned didn't really use the cloud. Didn't I mean they there were a lot that were internet based, but they didn't really use the cloud in the way that we think about it this day in terms of, you know, in a way that we would see it as an essential part of collaboration these days. That you're having a central location to store the work, you've got to have cloud technology, cloud principles um, to, to be able to have everybody access that in one place. And um, I, I went back and most of the tools that we talked about back then just really didn't incorporate that. It was just so new at that point. Yeah. And I guess the, the other thing that was a, from the perspective we had back then, we talked a lot about extranets in that book. And so the extranet concept, I think, is, is still really important, but it's it's so hidden underneath what's going on. And I don't think people basically refer to extra dense that much anymore. Um, so that was a, that was a bit of a difference too. Well, I think what we did there was, I agree with you, I don't think that the term extranet is being used, but the term that we see being used <laughs> almost to death these days is the idea of the client portal and creating portals for your clients. And whether that's through practice management software, whether that's through SharePoint or through other tools that you have, that's definitely a hot thing. I mean, being able to have a private site for your clients to come in and look at their documents or see a dashboard that shows the amount of money that they've spent or what their budget is, all the details of their relationship with you as, a, as their lawyer, um, I think is a big thing. Thing these days, even though it might not be called extranet. Right. And I think that's a great point. And I, I guess if I were to have made a prediction 10 years ago about the, the coming of the cloud, I would have probably said that, that in legal, we would evolve more in the direction of a private clouds because of the concern about confidentiality and security. And I think what's surprising probably to everyone uh, you know, across the board is, is how common the public clouds are. You know, so the Dropboxes, the other things like that. You don't have law firms hosting their own servers for their their internet services. You see a lot more public commercial cloud applications um, that are commonly used by lawyers, and and less in what would be considered private cloud, which are, would be a lot more expensive and a lot more involved for law firms. And you know, from the perspective of ten years ago, I think I would have guessed it would have gone the other way. So it's it's a tribute to what's going on with the public cloud infrastructure and the elements of security that are baked into into public cloud applications these days. But that was that what I would say is was probably one thing I would have guessed wrong on. Well, I, I will say, though, that where you haven't seen the adoption of the public cloud like the, I would normally expect it, I mean, I've seen a great deal of concern over the past 
five, six years um, among Dropbox users for things like HIPAA security with the idea that Dropbox um, is not certified or is not acceptable for storing HIPAA-related information, where Box, on the other hand, is. I think that what's been very interesting is that the lawyers who are willing to embrace the public cloud-based tools are at least security conscious enough to know that they need to pay attention to that. And so um, I think that uh, you know knowing when to use a public tool and when not to use it has been a big part of the education of people in using collaboration of these types of tools over the past 10 years. So I think that the the two things that, that really interest me and have long interested me about collaboration tools and technologies is they, they've always seen the most client-focused of all the technologies that lawyers use. Um, so I, I think that you were talking about the, the client portal example, but it, these are the technologies that allow you to work better with your clients and also make it easier for you to, to work with your clients. So, so I think there's a client focus aspect to collaboration that's always been important and is probably even more in, important now. The second thing that, that has always struck me is that uh, collaboration tools and the selection of those tools doesn't really exist in I- isolation. So there's a, a co-evolution element of, uh, or a cooperative or collaborative approach to choosing uh, collaboration tools. And that I think is, has been really interesting because you run into lawyers who say, we're going to use, I don't know, whatever, say work share for, for redlining. And the fact is when you get documents from your client and they have track changes on, you're, you're making it harder to to work with you if you convert that stuff to something in Workshare and send them back a PDF when they're just expecting to get track changes that they can continue working on. So I think that notion that collaboration tools is definitely an area where you can uh, benefit your clients and and have that client focus that's so important these days. And then also by working with your collaborators, you know, those on your side and then on the other side, you can just make your life so much easier. I totally agree, but as we will talk about later in this in this segment, um, working with your collaborators to make sure that you are both using the same collaboration tools is incredibly important. Otherwise, um, it's sort of doomed for failure or at least not as good a result as you would hope. So let's talk about uh, some of the biggest changes that, that we've seen as we were putting the second edition together. And I guess the the one where we just pulled something out that was really significant in the the first edition and basically did away with it is is wikis and we replaced it with slack which in the last year or so has become a really standard and really popular collaboration platform so i think we made really good choices in a lot of the things we did in the the first edition but i think the wiki notion which was really important and some of the wiki concepts which you can find in different collaboration tools now um, are still important but i think wikis themselves are not important and i i think our educated guess that Slack will remain important over the next few years, I, I think is you know, a, a choice I'm comfortable with. So two things about wikis that are interesting to me. The first is I'm really amazed that wikis died the death that they died among the legal community and that they just aren't being used as much, or at least if they are, I'm not hearing about it. 
Um, because having a web page that a team can go in and edit and keep as a resource, I'm guessing that there are some law firms and some lawyers who are doing that. I was really intrigued to see that uh, Microsoft Teams, um, which is the Microsoft Slack competitor, um, when you create um, a channel in Microsoft Teams, there's actually a tab there for a wiki. It creates a wiki within Microsoft Teams. So clearly the concept's not dead, but it's just being used in different ways. Um, When it comes to Slack, what I think is interesting about Slack is we spend um, a rather long chapter in the first edition and we kept it in the second edition talking about email not being an ideal collaboration platform and the, the fact that most lawyers have it as their default collaboration platform but here are the problems with it and what's interesting to me is that Slack, I think, is a direct response to that. I think Slack is a response to the fact that email is not the ideal collaboration platform. So you have Slack, you have uh, you have Microsoft Teams, you have Facebook Workplace, you have lots of these messaging tools um, that are designed to replace email. And to me, that that's really the most interesting change in the last 10 years is that and what seems to be the most purely collaborative technology to evolve just sort of out of whole cloth since we did the first edition. See, the other thing, and I, I remember this time that it was when we were finishing up the first edition of the book, we just had this uh, several discussions about what to do about social media because we thought it was going to become really important. We were trying to figure out whether it would become a collaboration platform in the sort of classic sense that we saw it, which we were thinking of, would you share documents? Would you have conversations on it? And so we decided to de-emphasize social media because we we thought it was a little bit too early for lawyers. And I I think that we're right about that. And I think that I see social media as as being important in many ways in collaboration. But but it is interesting that the groups and maybe document sharing and some of the other things that we, we thought you might see people do it on Facebook, LinkedIn, and other places. It didn't really evolve that way. So really I see the social media as being more of a social networking tools is where they, they have the most benefit in collaboration. Plus, as we found in almost all applications these days and all services these days, that sort of instant messaging component of the social media tools can be important if it becomes the, the way that people actually communicate with each other. No, I agree. I think social media tools are definitely collaboration tools, but just not in the way that is very useful to lawyers and and either the clients that they want to serve or other lawyers that they might want to talk to or collaborate with. So let me hit a couple of other things I thought uh, were interesting. I think texting and instant messaging has become way more important um, to lawyers internally and externally, but often the, the best use of it is internal. We added a chapter because I, th- I think this is another example where small tools can give you big results. And so one of the examples is trying to schedule meetings. And so we have a new chapter that's just on the sort of small, simple tools and how you can use that. And I think the other development um, is, is in the ethics area because I think that ethics has not turned out to be a big barrier to the adoption of collaboration tools. I mean, you still have to be reasonable, you have to make good choices, you have to be thoughtful, you have to consider security and confidentiality, but you don't see the ethics rules and the regulators putting up big objections uh, to, to standard collaboration tools. 
No, I agree, and I think that's a good thing. I think that um, we want to encourage the use of collaboration tools. Um, I think that it goes without saying, and when we talk about it at length in the book, um, making sure that the tools that you use um, have the right security to them, that you're thinking about them in terms of protecting your client confidences um, and any other kind of work product that you might have, um, which just leads into if lawyers are doing a bad job of protecting that in the tools they have, that's when the regulators want to come in and that's when when there become ethics issues and the fact that uh, there really haven't been any I think is sort of a testament to the fact that lawyers at least to the extent that they're using these tools are uh, are <laughs> if not using them correctly they're just not using them in such a bad way that they're raising any attention anywhere and I think that shows the utility of the tools and and again there's if it's something that allows you to to make it easy for your clients to work with you then I, I think you're going to use those those tools in better ways and if you're using the tools that your clients like using then then you're going to learn to use them better as well so Tom I, I think in the, as I mentioned in the first edition we debated about how much to include social media and in this edition I guess there's you don't know what's going to happen on the horizon. So if I look forward a couple of years and say, oh, I kind of knew that this was an area that could develop, but it seems too too early for, I would say this, you know, it's, it's sort of the, the big four these days that everybody's talking about, which is blockchain, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and bots. And, you know, we, we cover a little bit of that, I would say more on the bot side in, in the book, but uh, I guess that would be the one area where I could see developments in collaboration uh, happening over the next, you know, two to five years that could be significant that we might have wished that we would have devoted a chapter to, especially the machine learning and, and AI. I reserve judgment on that. I, you know, based on what I've seen so far, I don't think that the collaborative opportunities there are immediately apparent, but um, I could be surprised. I do think, you know, to the extent we covered bots, um, they're already being used in collaboration. I mean, there, there are bots that are contained within Slack and those bots can be used to talk to the users and, and work with them. So, um, yep, I think that it's probably a little too soon to talk about them in, in broad terms and, uh, you know, maybe these will make good topics for upcoming podcasts. I thought we'd wrap up because whenever we write this book or an edition of this book, uh, we do experiment with collaboration tools and, as they say, eating our own dog food. Um, so Slack, I thought, worked really well for us. Google Docs, maybe. But, Tom, I, I guess I want to turn the floor over to you to, to talk about just how difficult it can be to collaborate with Dennis from time to time. Well, so what it really comes down to, and I guess, are you giving me permission to, to share secrets and to peek behind the curtain? Uh, sure. Okay. So uh, I, I think, I mean, I think, yes, I think Slack worked well, but, you know, just two people using Slack is uh, is not a terribly uh, difficult thing to do. I will say that uh, I've been using it with the uh, with the Tech Show board, and um, I think that it works really well uh, with a group of we've got a group of ten or twelve people using it, to fifteen people, and I think it I think it actually works very well as a collaboration tool. Um, the challenge with using collaboration tools, like I said before, is is that you need to make sure that everyone uses it in the way that it's supposed to be used. Uh, what I had hoped to do is is that we did it in Google Docs so we would both have the same copy of the chapter to work from and we'd be able to 
work on that chapter. We both divided up the chapters. So Dennis had several chapters to work on. I had several chapters to work on. And then we were going to switch and review those, review what we had done, um, and then combine all of those into a manuscript that we would then send on to the publisher. Um, and I will only say that Dennis found that it was more convenient for him to take the, the text out of the Google Docs and put them into Word documents and upload those Word documents back up to Google Drive, which while they were there and it was useful that they were there, I still had to go through them one at a time and it was less convenient than the collaboration functionality that Google Docs uh, offers. Um, we got it done. It worked just fine. We made it work. Um, Dennis, I don't know if there's anything you want to say in response to that, but I, again, I think that eating our own dog food shows that um, sometimes teams have to work together on making collaboration work well. Yeah, I think it's a, that co-evolution notion. So I've, in connection with the book and with some other collaboration projects I've been doing lately, what I think is you you say, oh, we should all be able, there will be like a Google Doc um, that people can go in and make changes to and we'll use Slack. And then somebody will say, you know, well, my, uh, I can't access either tool uh, through my firewall at work. So I can't work on them at work or you run into to some odd thing. So we we had this odd thing, Tom, as you remember, I had a browser issue with with Google Docs that you were on the phone with me saying, it should just be this thing that says move to this folder. And I go, there's nothing on there. Yeah, you weren't getting the same the same menu options. Yeah, for some reason that didn't <laughs> Yeah, so that's why I think that you, you kind of have to say, Oh, I love if you want to say, oh, I love Slack, let's use Slack. You got to make sure that works for everybody, especially as you get more and more people and you're in more and more organizations. And I, I think what you find is the the firewall issues, uh, permission issues, uh, sometimes the version issues. Um, and then you have some people with, with great familiarity with, with the tools uh, and other people are using it for the first time and it can be really confusing and then it just stuff starts slipping back to, to email. So I don't know, Tom, uh, I guess we've talked a bit about the book longer than, than we expected, but uh, any thoughts you want to wrap up with other than just plugging the book and estimating when it will be out? Uh, two quick tips um, for those of you who probably either aren't using collaboration tools the way you want to or are thinking about starting using collaboration tools in a better way. One, think about what you're already using. Don't immediately think you've got to go out and find new tools and start using those. Think about what you're already using and try to use them better. And two, think about what your clients are using. It's almost always better to use tools that already exist that people are using than to try and introduce new tools into an environment uh, for the reasons that we just talked about, that acceptance and adoption is very difficult. I will say that uh, we expect the book to be out by Tech Show 2018, so the beginning of March. We're look very much looking forward to that. Uh, we still have a little bit of work to, to get done on the book, but uh, hopefully by, uh, by Tech Show, we will have a second edition of the book out. And before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. Text Expander helps you communicate smarter. You get home from an event where you've met some potential clients. You create a text expander snippet with a follow-up message, use fill-in fields for the contact name and custom topic, quickly produce personalized emails to everyone by expanding and filling in your snippet, share your snippet with colleagues, and everyone gets done faster. Visit textexpander.com forward slash podcast 
for 20% off your first year. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. In this segment, I wanted to try to do a new segment that reflects conversations that Tom and I often have. One or the other of us, usually me, has a new idea that he thinks might be really great. He runs it by the other person, usually Tom, to get some feedback, and the idea either moves forward or goes down in flames. We, we're going to call this segment Good Idea, Bad Idea, or No Idea. And because I'm usually the one who has a new idea and end up with the burnt ashes of the idea after Tom gets done with it, we thought it'd be best for me to launch the first idea. And here it is. So I've noticed that people are using the hashtag, hashtag legal tech, all one word. Um, in other areas, such as financial tech, you see the standardization of the naming of the category to a single combined word. So there's the example, financial tech is known as fintech. There's reg tech for regulatory tech and insure tech for insurance. And of course, there's biotech. Some have pointed out that legal technology by implication suggests there's something that would be illegal technology. So my idea is that we move to the one word legal tech instead of talking about legal tech or as two words or legal technology. Tom, good idea, bad idea, or no idea? So I hate to start out this new segment in such a bad way, but um, I'm not going to say good, bad, or no idea. I'm going to say, okay, sure, Dennis. Um, I, I think mostly because it's not completely a new idea. I mean, how long has ALM's technology conference been called Legal Tech? How long has it been around? It's been around, I think, a long time. Now, granted, it's a proprietary name. It's a, it's a proper name that they've used. Um, and it really probably hasn't been part of common lingo other than being associated with that conference. But it's not like it's a totally new term either. Um, I, it just feels sort of, you know, if I can, it feels sort of trendy, the trendy thing to do now. We'll just let, let's just let, tech on the end of an industry, fintech, biotech, health tech, reg tech. Why not do it for legal? So I, I may I sound like the crotchety old man here, but you know, if you want to do it, let's go ahead. Why not? I say, have at it. So the Legal Tech New York conference, I think, has changed their name, bizarrely enough. Well, no, Legal Tech is, Legal tech is still the name of the technology portion of the conference, but they've expanded to, to all sorts of other things, so they call it Legal Week, but Legal Tech is still a branded part of the conference. Oh, okay. So maybe it's the, the fact that the, the, uh, that name of that conference is sort of a barrier for everyone. But I, I think there is, uh, so there's sort of two, and there's also two notions. So Tom, I, th I think that we often look at the area of technology for lawyers, uh, which might've been called 
law tech uh, might be another way to, to think of it. And then there's this sort of new startup area, which I think is a lot more client focused and kind of fits more with the with the note the idea of fintech and and reg tech and those things because because uh, it's not directed to tools necessarily that lawyers use but it's that that startup world is trying to help people out in the world navigate legal processes so I don't know Tom you got me darn it I knew it you get me thinking about the uh, the ALM issue which may become a thing but I I think I'm gonna still start using it. I don't think there's anything wrong there's not anything wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that but i think that uh except maybe strictly in a legal intellectual property sense of the of the thought yeah and who wants to get a letter right so uh <laughs> but i think the hashtag thing is is something this interesting and, and it's uh, to me it's kind of interesting how something like a hashtag could drive the way that people describe and and call things so now it's time for a parting shots, that one tip website or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. So I saved a collaboration tip for my parting shot, and it would have been the collaboration tip that would have saved our collaboration efforts for this book. And that is that Office 365 now offers co-authoring in Word. And they just not now offering it. They've offered it for a while. It's just not something that I've paid a lot of attention to. But I've started to do it lately, and it's really easy and and actually very good to do. So it, you've got to have an Office 365 account. You store your document either in your Office 365 OneDrive uh, folder or on a SharePoint site. If you use SharePoint, you've got to, the, your, your collaborators have to be part of the same team. And your collaborators also have to be using Office 365. But when you open that document up in Word, it will be automatically saved back to that OneDrive once you're co-authoring it. So you you may think that you have a copy that's saved to your computer, but it's actually being auto-saved back to the OneDrive account. And so you can work on it. And I haven't tried this yet, but the notes that I read say that uh, when other people are working on the document, that certain parts of it can be locked out. So you can actually edit it or deal with it in case you want to work on it at the same time. So it's not perfect. It's not the same as a Google Docs, um, but it allows you to open up in in a native Word application, a document, and work on that and collaborate with others and have a central copy stored in a single place, which in far as I'm concerned for Microsoft is uh, is is making significant progress in terms of collaboration. So co-authoring in Word, I'll post a link in the show notes on how to get that started. So I... I have two, and and one and one is just because I saw it today, and it came from our our friend Ben Shore, who's now at, at Microsoft, and I've tended to to want to use the two by two mat- matrices and uh, or quadrant charts. Yeah, I think it's the way that it's something that's used in business a lot, and is a great way to communicate. And I've, whenever I've done those, in uh, I've always used PowerPoint or Word to kind of put together this this sort of four rectangles together and, and place things in it. So Ben points out that in Word, you can go into the smart art. There's an option for called matrix and you and it's preloaded and you can have a matrix and you can label things the way that you want and it's super easy and I, it's just one of those things that's really small but it can make your life a lot easier and if you if you communicate with a lot of business people that is such an effective way to communicate with people the other one is uh, one of Tom and I's favorite things which is the recommendo 
uh, email newsletter, which is done by Cool Tools and gives you like every Sunday morning about six uh, tips for useful little tools or suggestions. And we've we've mentioned it before. What what I why I wanted to mention it now is they've collected everything that's that's come before, which I think is like seventy five newsletters and kind of curated the content and organized it. And it's at uh, uh, HTTP uh, colon slash slash 2017 dot recommendo R-E-C-O-M-E-N-D-O dot com. And it's a, a great place to give you a bunch of cool tips and ideas that you can uh, put to work right away for yourself. And so that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or on the Legal Talk Network site, where you can find archives of all of our previous podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on LinkedIn and Twitter. And don't forget, we've got a hotline for voicemail questions. It's 720-441-6820. We love to get questions that we can answer on the show. So please call us at 720-441-6820. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to The Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of The Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening to The Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.